0: So before we begin, I'd just like to remind everyone, (laughs) I'm about to introduce Ronnie,
1: but um, there's no advice that we're giving here. It's not general. It's not specific. There's no advice at all. Don't take advice from Twitter. Don't take advice from anyone that you have never met. So we'll get on with it. But um, these are just uh, interesting stories and, and fun conversation. So what we have here, we've got Ronnie. Nice to meet you, Ronnie.
2: You too, no way.
1: And I met, I met Ronnie um, through Posty. So he introduced us and, and we caught up online and we caught up in real real life at, at NFT Fest and that was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a good event they threw.
1: And do you want to just give a bit of a, a background to yourself um, besides the fact that you're an accountant? I know there's many more
2: facets to you. I love how you laugh every time you say accountant um yeah so yeah so i've been an accountant for a many number of years back in around 2016 2017 crypto caught my eye i started trading it myself and then i came to trying to figure out my tax return and i realized basically this data is a disaster um so once i figured out how to do it on excel spreadsheets i started doing it for friends you know i put my hand up at my firm to get more cryptocurrency and start looking for it. Um, But then, yeah, my real big break came before the last bull market. Um, I had already scored a couple of Web3 projects there. So, you know, I figured out all the little knickknacks. And then by the time the bull market hit, I was just well positioned, especially in the NFT space. Um, That July and August last year were just insane. It was just random person after random person having made millions out of nowhere by selling pictures and, you know, and then the DeFi projects that came out. So, yeah, I just became fully invested in it, put my head down and just got really deep in this space and, yeah, no looking back now.
1: It's it's really amazing because a lot of what we're going through the, the bear market right now and, and you started your your, yourself as, as your name as the crypto accountant in a bear market and put yourself in the right frame of mind for people to see you a, as the crypto accountant and build a career around that. Um, a lot of people um, that we speak to uh, do certain things in their lives and really love NFTs and they really love blockchain and they really love crypto and they're always trying to think, how can I um, incorporate that into my life?
2: Well, yeah, it's, and look, the deeper I get into this space, the more I figure out how many people are 100% head in. Um, the amount of people I've seen quit their jobs just to focus on their project and to even find the place in this space that they can work in, whether it be through marketing, development, uh, pretty much anything. As you can see, all these projects, any Web 2 or normal business is someone's tr- out there trying to create it on Web 3 and push it on the blockchain, which is just amazing.
1: And in terms of your role, what, what kind of, I know you can't talk specifically about your customers, but what kind of customers
2: people uh, look, at, at the start. at the start, it was uh, very big individual based. Um, and look, from an individual perspective, a lot of people think it's simple, but I'm assuming there's a lot of traders here. It, it can be really complex. Um, you know, especially navigating through a pretty much an underregulated area. Um, and then I slowly started getting more exposure to the actual Web3 businesses. And when I say that, I mean practically their whole treasury and all their money is all on a token or a stable coin. Um, and that's when it really became a lot more intre- interesting because all the little intricacies of a project, because most of them do release a token, yeah, and the amount of utilities. You can attach it endless, even with NFTs. Um, it just became very interesting to navigate through all that. You know, is it um, inventory? Is it an intangible? How do you treat this asset? Technically, these are the old rules, but they don't apply to this at all. This is way too innovative to have anything classified. It's, it's a completely different thing. And um, that sort of space became awesome because I realized the biggest issue is the data, Um, You know, you can't be a business and not be able to view your financials. So, you know, if you're predominantly dealing with cryptocurrencies or NFTs, how can you truly run your business if you have no idea what you're spending per month on what, um, why, or do any performance measures, you know, for your pathway on to grow your business? Um, I've seen way too many people pretty much raise a couple of million. They say it's runway for two years. They're just so deep into their project and running at 100% that they snap out of it a year later and realize, shit, I'm almost out of funds. Um, And that's just because this space does move fast. You know, you might think think of something innovative, but five minutes later, there's probably something 10 times more innovative out in this space. Um, And a lot of people just, because they're so deep into it, ignore the simple, basic business acumen that you need to run a Web3 project. So now I'm heavily just, you know, automating these project systems so their data flows and we can produce financials and performance measures, Um, as well as because I've seen so many projects across the whole space, I've started to see a lot of the same stupid errors they make or some risks that just pop up that were just unexpected. So now it's a a lot about that de-risking and financial strategy. That's
1: really interesting. You've mentioned a few things that I found really interesting. The first one was a problem with viewing data. Is that data on the blockchain?
2: Yeah, like I'm saying, you can, if you have someone's address, you can clearly see all the data, but I'm converting it into whether it's, um, you know, an asset liability, inventory, intangible, you know, is it income? And if it is income, do you need to pay tax on it? You know, like an airdrop thing, for example, yes, I'd report it as income, but. Would I pay tax on that income? I don't think so, especially if you did nothing, you know. You know, the NFT didn't offer you had to do these five things to get this airdrop. You just got the airdrop. It is income, mm-hmm. but it's not. So, you, you know, it's it's a very questioning game. Like, it, it is very complicated. But, um, yeah, it's just extremely fun to do it. <laughs> That's so
1: interesting, yeah. And I think a lot of these things are yet to be tested by, uh, like in Australia, by the ATO or, um, you know, any governing body?
2: Well, yeah, look, I, I think they're even scratching their heads. As I said, it, it's complicated and it's complicated for a, a reason because of the endless utility you can attach. Um, You know, it's not just is this a financial product. There's endless of things you can classify it as. And look, I don't blame the regulators, but the regulators being this slow is has been the reason why there's been so much damage out there in the market lately. 100%.
1: You mentioned runway, um, that, that that business. That some of the businesses that you're working with are kind of aren't budgeting appropriately. Am I phrasing that right?
2: Well, yeah. Like, like I said, it's, it's, you know, you get, let's say you raise $5 million USDT through a SAFT or a save. Um, what do you expect straight away? You're like, okay, this much will be development, this much will be marketing, this much will be wages. But before you know it, just the pressure of what you're building in this space um, and the endless issues and the cybersecurity risk, It it's not well planned. Their idea could be brilliant, but at the end there's no proper execution if you run out of money. Um, and this is why a lot of people got screwed because... They had raised maybe a few years ago, had planned to raise again now. but now that we're in a bear market, every VC has closed their pocket. they're not giving uh, raising you know giving funds to any project. and that's the thing. If that project, yeah, they got caught off by that, unfortunate. but if they had targets of this is what I'm going to build for this project and this should be enough to get somebody interested in raising wasn't there. People were just building and expecting it's easy money in this space, mm-hmm. I'll get raise the next round now. So a lot of people got caught out in surprise and a lot of some people were just unfortunate.
1: And thinking more about um, some of the individuals that are listening, um, what should we be thinking about? Like when when we, some of us, (laughs) very few of us are actually successful in in, in our (laughs) NFT overall uh, journey that um, some of us have made, you know, a bit of Ethereum.
2: Should, should, well, should we? Yeah, sorry, finish it? Yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, but well, yeah, what, 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 what do you think? What should, should, we, what should we be thinking
2: about? Well, look, it, it's tough because I'm assuming not everyone on this pod, uh, Twitter space is in Australia. So yeah. different tax systems everywhere. But you know, a lot of people do view NFTs as a way to make money. So I'm not getting wrong. A lot of people love it. It's collectible. It's a community. Um, it's so many things for them. But at the end, most people do view it as an asset, an asset, an intangible, something that they're hoping goes up in value in the future. Obviously, some hold just for the community, but because a lot of people view it that way and make money, if you go, so for example, in Australia, in the financial year 30th of June, if it's 1st of July and I pass that deadline and I actually don't know how much tax I owe, then you're the only one to blame. Because if you go into past that financial year thinking, oh, I made a lot of money, but I'm not sure how much tax I owe. Where a lot of people screw up is they look at their balance and they're like, okay, this is how much I have. I doubt my tax bill's this big. But if you can um, had a few successful trades and then you put that money back into an NFT that died on its ass but you didn't sell that NFT, come into the financial, you're going to get that tax bill for those first gains you made because you disposed of those NFTs or crypto. Um, And that's just poor planning. If you go into that not knowing your number, then those other NFTs that were worth nothing, if you sold them before 30th of June, at least you would have balanced your tax bill and your Mm. position. So I just feel like there's a lot of people just going into this blindly. At the end, yeah, you could not be in it for the money at all. But you shouldn't ignore the fact that, you know, you're going to fill up the government's, the tax officer's pockets if you just don't pay attention. Um, Other than that, look, if, if you made a big profit, other than appropriate tax planning and all that, I just think it should be a responsibility if you're going to dabble in this space to keep track of your data. And if you honestly don't have time, that's why you go approach an accountant or a bookkeeper to sort it out for you. Um, because if you're taking this seriously as an investor, but you don't know what your portfolio is, how, uh, what your portfolio is at, or you can't actually measure it in any way other than checking your wallet balance, then obviously you're not doing it with the right mindset.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of us are kind of um, having so much fun at the uh, at the casino that, that that we often don't kind of think about it at that level,
2: like that, that it's real feel so fake yeah and look i don't blame it it's the lack of education i don't know sometimes i want to slap the tax office here because it should be you know at least created in a simple flowchart template for anyone to read you know did i sell this is a taxable event yes no go down go down um and that education like it's really hard because you know it took me ages and i have an accounting background to figure out how to reconcile mine the fact that software came along and made my life a million times easier i could understand why someone putting their data on a crypto tax calculator and they can't figure it out um especially there's a lot of tax softwares out there that are just not that good and they're giving you you know inaccurate numbers there's been plenty of people that have come up and go my old accountant told me to put my data on cleanly and print them off the report and then they're like come over to me because they're like it's just way too much And I import the data into my own calculator, review it. Um, In Australia, you're allowed to change the inventory method. So you don't have to use FIFO. You can use LIFO, HIFO. Um, AirDrops, no one knows the new rules about AirDrop. Yeah, it's income, but, you know, if you meet certain requirements, it's not a taxable event anymore. Um, And, yeah, it can just, unfortunately, um, a lot of people are paying too much in tax or a lot of people are too scared to even do their taxes because, they're scared of what's to come.
1: Yeah, they don't, they don't want to start um, flagging themselves down
2: to the tax office. Yeah, I, think- I know, but honestly, they've got no choice. I, I don't know if any of you know of Chain Analysis, but it's pretty much the software all the exchanges use to check if the address is being flagged or if it's an address from Iran or, you know, the government's put a hold on one of these wallets. There's the, Yeah, they can't figure out anything, but... Cause, you know, they can't figure out everything yet, but as we all know, the data is all available online for everyone to see. Um, so I think ignoring the issue is really risky. I just think getting the right advice and putting in a, a plan and an action list on how to sort this out is uh, the way better bet.
1: Yeah, at least uh, drive with your eyes open. Correct. Because you don't have to listen to your accountant.
3: Yeah. I've got a quick question. Uh, Ronnie, so there's plenty of buddies out there, you know, John Doe, uh, Deborah Doe, whatever Doe, right, that are working and creating income in Web3. You know, they're working as community managers, product uh, developers, collaboration managers, your prototypical, you know, NFT project roles, right? And these people are getting paid maybe weekly sums, uh, weekly salaries, they might be getting a percentage stake in the company as well and in fact also in the long term these people instead of converting or i guess uh, declaring this money as they come in weekly they're just stacking their usdc up over months and months right and then maybe at some point in time they want to take it out how would like like what 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 thoughts do you have around this process this habit that people have
2: i uh, look some some people you know there's a lot of cowboys in this space that just you know sort of fuck you, um, taxation office,
0: mm-hmm. um, I'm going to
2: hold this, this is money I earned, you can't see this. And look, the only issue I have is that is because 99% of those people that have that mentality end up needing to pull it out to buy a house or to buy a car yeah. or to pay some bills. And I'm telling you, as soon as it hits uh, KYC exchange, then, for example, in Australia, track know, and ATO have da- access to track. Um, and I've seen a couple of crypto audits. The taxation office will assume your capital gain and send you a report saying you have to pay tax on this capital gain, and 80% of the times it's so off that, you know, some people accept it and pay it when it's just wrong. So I just think you need to be careful in that aspect. Mm. That's what I was saying before. If you just did some good tax planning, it's fine. And, look, I can't advise you on, you know, how to dodge the taxation office. Of course. Um but a lot of people that do have it there, honestly, there's a lot of people that, you know, went to Bali, went to Portugal. Um, they end up buying like electronics and goods just so it doesn't, you know, require any KYC to pull out the fear. But, you know, I, I like to push clients to think a bit more long term.
4: Yeah, like if exactly. you're
2: boarding if you're boarding this fund now in here, what what is the actual plan? Are you planning to grow it and get a little return on your investment? Are you planning to like I said, buy a house or buy shares or buy other tokens. Um, The only issue I have is, you know how you said most community managers and people in this space get paid their weekly wages or monthly wages with crypto? Yeah. The only risk I want to say is because I've seen it a million times is if you get paid in a volatile coin, so pretty much everything except a stable coin, then you're just, yeah, it's just such a risky thing so many times I've seen people that made a hundred thousand dollars that year from Ethereum, and then what? Now I checked, you know, their balance last week is forty-two thousand or something dollars. Yeah. Like it's, it can, you know, the ATO won't care. You'd have to pay the tax on the hundred grand income, and then you'd have to, then you'd get that capital loss if you did sell it, but it couldn't offset it. So there's a lot of things that I just require a bit of pre-planning and to mm-hmm. avoid these headaches. Mm-hmm. The volatility is a killer. Well, you know how many NFT projects like it's not funny at all. But mm. every NFT project that dropped theirs in July and August when the market was so hot, you could have sold millions. You know, selling photos of plates and that. um Every everyone had that mentality that Ethereum was going to ten grand US, ten grand US. Here we come. We made <laughs> millions. Now we're going to be way richer. Um, And I think that's where I got lucky because, you know, I warned a lot of clients then that, you know, this looks like the bull. When pictures of animals are selling for, you know, 1.5 million, got to be a bit cautious. (laughs) Um, And then a lot of people got burnt now. So I do feel bad for a lot of people because a lot of people now their portfolio and their assets are worth less than their tax bill. Mm. And I'm scared how the ATO is going to sort of treat this. But as long as I've known all tax officers around the world, the only thing they're interested in is collecting revenue. Yeah, you know they're not going to be lenient on you, and you know if people have to start going into bankruptcy and all that just to wipe off or forgive this tax debt, you know, it just it can have an effect on your life for at least five years before you can slowly bounce back.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That was very insightful. I hope people were taking notes. <laughs>
1: we might move to some of the the questions we've got. Uh, we've got ten uh, eight. Hello, haven't seen you for a while.
4: Hey guys, yeah, good to be the back. Wolf uh, ben and Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronnie, thanks. Uh, I've been listening. Hi, Ruthie. Um, good to be back for sure. So, Ronnie, I mean, you had touched a- um, mm-hmm. briefly on software, right? Um, do you think that's what would make life easier for everybody? I mean, the way I envision it is uh, an integrated um, accounting solution that keeps track of all your trades whatever it be and uh records it in the proper manner right uh as per the rules that you've defined for it so is that something already available um or not as yet or you know how do you really think life can be made easier for everybody
2: uh look there's a lot of softwares available and if you Typing crypto accounting softwares on Google News, you'll see that there has been a bunch of people raising eight million, ten million to yeah. build one. Because a lot of people are backing it. Um, there is a couple that I really rate highly, um, but at the end, I do think a big, difficult for someone without a background, um, especially for the enterprise and the project level. But I do think it does make everyone's life easier because if you're an individual, like I said. And you're taking trading seriously at least you can monitor your performance you know um you can set goals for yourself yes i made 10 percent this week what's my aim next week another 10 percent um you know you start developing that mind and then from a business perspective you're basically running your business blindly if you don't do it it's the biggest killer of business um every company in the world you know has accountants and You know, they get consulting done on their work or they review what they're spending because where I see a lot of people make a lot of mistakes is a Web3 project will end up spending half a million dollars on advertising. Nothing really happened. Two months later, they spend another half a million and then you just ask them simply like, what is this going to achieve? Are you just looking for brand awareness? How are you measuring it? Are you looking for new customers? You spent that 500 grand. What was the customer user acquisition, you know? all these little things that you, you can't do without your you know numbers in order and this is where it's just yeah look there's a lot of software still that are lacking but i think it's only a matter of time before they figure it out the only hard thing is it's not like you know you're doing it for a- AUD USD the euro you know there's a new token every 5 minutes that comes out and you know they all come with their complexity of actually connecting them to these calculators and you know, having to do a lot of manual imports because the calculators and the accounting softwares don't support this new token, you know, can end up being a disaster for bookkeeping and getting that sorted.
4: Okay, perfect. Thank you. And uh, just a question, or I can wait until uh, the others have asked theirs. Yeah.
3: Um, we'll we'll go to uh, we'll go to Everett then. Yeah, uh, mum's mum's life, and then we'll go back to you tonight. All good everett
5: hey hey Hey, what's up i am a little bit tired but happy to be here so (laughs) that's good um i have a bunch of questions but i'm gonna probably do the same thing one at a time and go around the horn and if we don't get to them, that's fine but um one of the things i wanted to ask about was uh receiving income as as you know a holder there's i've i have a couple different projects that are you know bringing some passive income or in the future will bring some and certain projects are more prepared than others when uh dealing with it like uh there's one that had me fill out a 1099 and and go through the you know normal working process so that made me feel really reassured but then again I don't actually know um you know how those regulations are affected by you know our how we um report our income and whatnot so, I wanted to ask what kind of things we can look for when we're researching a project to understand um, or to better judge them um, that they're prepared to handle the finances of both the project and their holders.
2: Oh, so that's tough. Are you talking more of a from an investor mindset or like it's from an accountant mindset?
5: Um, I'm talking about, like, if I'm going to invest in a project, not only do I want to know that they are able to do the job that they, you know, that they are going to build a product, but that they can handle the finances all the way
2: through. Uh, that's, that's really tough um, because, you know, if you go buy something on the share market, you know, you can see that they post their financials half year and full year. You can see their revenues liabilities. Um, yeah, you can trace wallets here, but to completely trust a project you're going to invest into is hard. With NFTs, for example, it was about doxing yourself because there were so many rug pulls. Once someone doxed themselves, they're like, okay, someone can be held accountable. But then that doesn't really work because look at what Sam Bankman-Fried um SBF did. He just pulled the fast one on everyone. Um, but if I'm, you know, had to put some serious money into an investment. Reading the white paper and tokenomics is enough. And remember, I I actually can't give financial advice. I don't know any financial advice. But in terms of de-risking, I think you do need to have a bit of trust in this space because not a lot of projects are very transparent. Mm -hmm. But you also need to look out for yourself. And, you know, if you're – like, for example, FTX thing, you know, I'd never let a client – hold 100% of their assets in on relying on one person, you know. It's the same with the investing. It just needs to be spread. You need to, you know, yeah, you're not going to get that 100X and that, but you'll last longer than all of them. And I think everyone that's been in a couple of bear markets now has seen that it, it, history really repeats itself. Um, I think it's just about educating yourself and de-risking it. I just don't know personally. Um about investing at the moment till um, there's a bit more regulation because once there's regulation, what that's going to do is all the big companies around the world are going to be like, okay, now we can legally do this. This is allowed now because there's clear guidelines and we just need to follow them to be legit in the blockchain space. And I think when that comes along, there'll be that trust will be cemented. But for yes. now, I think it's, I think it's um, just a bit of, about trust these days.
5: Yeah, I guess yeah. For now, we can always look at um, you know the the their LinkedIn pages, you know their education, what they've done in the past. Um, but once that regulation comes in, it'll be more clearly stated in the white paper and tokenomics, and and you'll be able to see some um, you know stop or stop gaps and preparedness in it. I think, which is really nice, but. Um, there's also a sense where you know you could go to these platforms like StartEngine or, or you know uh, YBC, any of these uh, startup investment um, exchanges, and uh, and see more trust within them as well. Um, are there any like platforms that you know of that you think do a great job at handling the um, um, finances of each individual project?
2: Uh Look, I, I just think it's um, it should be common practice for a Web3 project to have their everything audited because what happens is that the auditor has to prove that these funds exist. They have to prove that the spending has been there, you know, um, and I think once more businesses adopt that order, yeah, they can also be fooled, the auditors, but it's that one step closer to assuring everything is there and correct. Um, and look, I know it's just the additional cost that every other Web3 project will need to do. And the biggest risk of that and what I've found currently is if I'm coming to audit your Web3 project, at the end of the day, I'm like, All right, how are you going to prove these are your funds in these wallets? Oh, I'll send you 0.5 Ethereum and then you send it back. I'll send it at this time exactly. And, you know, if you receive it, that's mine but the auditors still can't accept that. So a lot of auditors have been asking these Web3 projects, is like, you need to access your keys right in front of us. And that goes against every person's, you know, common sense in this space. If you're in this web space and, you know, you have a bunch of funds, you will not open the keys in front of you. You wouldn't do it. You'd only do it in the most safest environment and you'd never do it in front of anyone. So there is that little barrier still that we need to figure out, but, um, I just think as the tech progresses and, you know, some brilliant minds think of a better system for all these projects to show transparency, like, for example, I use Zero or Myob for all my books. If a Web3 project did that and made that visible where anyone who's a holder can view that and see live funds coming out and going this, it'd be amazing. You could trace everything. You could give your judgment, but a lot of people won't divulge that information because, unfortunately, what you need to realize is that most projects, when they spend a million dollars on marketing, at the same time, they're spending a million dollars to buy back their token to increase market interest and show everyone, oh, it's up 15%. Let me get on this. Look, I just saw this marketing thing about it. This is where people need to realize in the share market, you need to report when you do a buyback. But in crypto, a project can keep you know inflating their own token and yeah. you know it is heavily used as a strategy while you're marketing in that. So people just need to be careful that, yeah, um, that's what I was saying before, minimize your percentage of how much you invest in that project. Um, and plus, what's happened in the last six months is proof that everyone needs to be really, really careful.
5: Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a reason why uh, VCs aren't investing as much right now, and that's probably because they're waiting for those regulations to come in.
2: Yeah, look, there's a lot of VCs going into it, but look, it's mainly around payment systems. As we all know, the infrastructure behind the blockchain with the payment system can be endless. Um, you know, it's the whole thing as to why DeFi was sort of created and gives you that flexibility. But um, yeah, it's just, it's very hard trusting these people because there's a lot of people out there to sort of rug people these days. Um, and there's a lot of people that raise 20 to 50 million from investors started working on their project and now are freaking out saying my investors are getting pissed off. I need to have a result. I need to spend more. I need to market more to get interest. And they start making very stupid decisions. And that's why I like projects that bootstrap it because they're all about the business. There's no pressure from outside investors to, oh, shit, I've got to meet these targets or crap. If we're going to give us more money, we need to get this. Um, I'm not saying don't raise because I think it's very important at certain stages of a business's life to raise um, and it has to be very strategical but, yeah, during the bull run, there was a lot of money given out for not much backing it.
1: That's really oh. interesting, Ronnie. A lot of people that we speak to, we, we hear in projects, VC, VC, VC funding, and um, and, to, uh, and and people use that as like a, a term of you can trust me, um, I've got extra funding and therefore the project's going to go really well. Can you explain to us what kind of pressures, like what you've just said, what kind of pressures VC funding p- puts on a, on a business, on a project?
2: Look, I, I have to admit there's a lot of investment companies that look at crypto as a, you know, this is a high chance it's going to fail. You know, not, let's say 95% of projects fail. We just need to get 1, 5% of that, you know, we 1,000x our money. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of, people that raise funds from family, um, VCs that they're close and friends with, that own favours. or There's a lot of different scenarios where it could just add a bit more pressure. Um, but at the end of the day, let's say you've raised enough for runway for a couple of years, the pressure when it gets to that year and a half, yeah. if there's no sort of product to push through or, you know, like I advise most clients is that if you're building a Web3 product, you really need to have an exit plan as in can I get it to this point where I can sell it um, because a lot of people just end up watching it die and then once it gets to that, you know, a bit of pressure and investors are saying what is this, what's happening, when are we getting the product, when is it going live, where are you at, we need an update and all these things can come up and then there's just very stupid making happening in that time. We got we got No
3: Guays slurping on that Seven Eleven Slurpee through the through the microphone. <laughs> 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 Get out of here with that soundboard, man! Jesus. <laughs> oh hey, uh, uh, hey, just quickly. So we've got Mum's life. I uh, uh, will bring Mum's life up, and then uh, Mum's life. Are you there? I know you jumped down for a bit, but uh, you're back now. I know you had a question. I swear to God. Mum's life, you there? I can drink Should... more Slurpee if you... There we go, mum's life, I, if we need I saw to you, you, you for a second. <laughs> Give mum's life some time to, uh, to, to, to connect up. Questions. Hey, 10-8, uh, well actually we'll go Calvin first and then rush them back to you, ten eight. 8 Hey, Calvin, how are you? Beautiful, beautiful.
4: It just seems like no one's uh, willing to talk.
3: No, no, okay, 10-8. Ten, uh, ten we'll <laughs> is, 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 right is my Twitter bugging or? No, no, they're, 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 they're bugging, man, they're bugging. I'm going to have to move them down. All right, let's go.
1: Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get them some
3: Slurpees and, and they'll, they'll
4: be good. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, my question um, from a very um, – you know, personal perspective really was to Ronnie. How does someone start off uh, being a crypto accountant? Assuming, of course, that you know they do have some accounting background. Um, so, pretty much me. So, I have some accounting background, and I was thinking of getting into that uh, field of crypto accounting. So, how does one start? What does one do, really?
2: Uh, look, I, th- I think it's important to explore trading it yourself first of all just so you sort of know, for example, that you have to create this wallet. You know, let's say you have a company structure or a trust structure. You need to think from a business perspective, how can I link that this address is 100% owned by my company? You know, you need to start thinking like that. You need to attach evidence. You need to attach a trail or a note. Um, I think that's an important thing, but, you know, do that while you're trading and setting up or buying an NFT in that and selling it. And I do think me trying to reconcile my own data first, my own trading history was a big help. And I'm not saying you need to be an accountant to look at your individual trading history and try and, you know, do the calculations on a software. But like, for example, cryptotaxcalculator.com um, is one I use heavily. Um, just if there any tax office was to come audit my client, I trust the data and how I pushed it through there and how I can classify it. But I try that first. I just play around with that. Even if you have a friend that's a trader, say, hey, can I, have a, can I have a crack at it? Yes, it will be hard for you to review your own work. But with because you're an accountant, you'll be able to work it out. The opening balance, the closing balance, the difference you have at the end and you know the sales. Where it comes complex with crypto is that it doesn't just stop at you putting it and reconciling that data. Then you breaking down of how can I advise an individual? First of all, how are they trading their trading habits? Are they making stupid moves that are triggering capital gains? Are they dealing with, you know, Uniswap a lot or they're bridging transactions and all that. Once you start learning all those little intricacies and how to do the bookkeeping for that, then you can sort of, yeah, break down their trading habits and actually tell them, you know, look, what you're doing here and here is wrong. You we're using the FIFO inventory method in a bull market HIFO, which stands for highest in first out, is more beneficial because as you're buying and selling, it's not using your first ever purchase of that token. It's using the most recent one you bought. And in a bull market, because you always, if you kept buying at the top, you know, you shrink your cost base a lot. And that's sort of advice as well that is really important because it's the biggest mistake I see that accountants never even bother. Once they get their clients to put their data on, it's like, yeah, the software automatically puts it on FIFO. And then they produce the report. But you'd be surprised during bull and bear markets, which inventory methods can really give you a big advantage. Um, and then the other thing you need to learn to advise is what I mentioned before that the tax planning of 30th of June um, or the end of financial year for other people, you know, a month before it, you should be aware, okay, I owe, have a $50,000 capital gain, made a $100,000 in income from me being a Discord mod. Um, you need to plan for that. Is there... Any assets they're holding that are currently at a loss that we can dispose and optimize? Um, Are there anything, any other structures we can use? You know, do we set up a company? Do I, you know, gift some of the tokens to my wife? Do I, you know, and a big thing I see as well is you create a Binance account under your individual name, yeah? You use you and your wife's income to put, you know, from the shared bank account into the Binance account. In the, in the tax officer's eye, all the debt's on you because the account's under your name. But if you can prove that that money that you're putting into Binance is owned 50-50 by you and your wife, you need to also think about advising clients, hey, is this your income, you and your partners? You know, why don't we give her 50%? Because technically she owns 50%. We'll do the right documentation to say that um, the whole time it's 50-50. Binance doesn't allow you to do a couple account, Um and, you know, get that document in place. But you need to have all that documentation in place because you can't go tell the tax office this is how it was four years ago without having anything written down, at least an email trail, um, something, just stack your evidence. That's what I like to do in this space because it's so underregulated. you got to stack that. Um, so that's the individual side. And there's a lot to do more deeper with, you know, tax-effective structures. And on the business side, it's your same accounting principles, the same bookkeeping. Like I said, the only thing is you need to be careful of what you're going to treat as an intangible or a capital. And this is actually those two apply as well. Um, uh, sorry, in, uh, in, uh, intangible or inventory. And this also applies as individuals. Um, sometimes your capital gain can be a lot, but if you try using the trading stock rules, you'll be surprised how much difference your tax could be. The only issue, and I can only speak for Australia, is... Under the trading stock rules, the ATO's rules are very vague. The tax officer's rules are very vague. You need to meet a bunch of blasé conditions as to what constitutes you doing it as a business. But that could really help. And a lot of the times I push people as individuals to go on the trading stock is because when it makes logical sense, um, do you work full time? No, I work about 20 hours a week. How often do you trade a night? I'll look at the charts, stay up to date, watch podcasts, maybe... 30 hours a week. I'm like, you know what? I can consider that almost full-time and you're running a business. So that's when you also need to know when you can switch a client to trading stock rules. But at the same time, you need to know the rules of changing it back as well. And the tax completely changes when you use the trading stock rules. Because let's say you can have a $100,000 capital gain if you're on the capital rules. Trading stock rules, you might have income of 1 million, purchases of one point one million and closing inventory of you know a hundred thousand. and the fact that those numbers are so much more inflated, but it's the same trading history shows the difficulty of understanding switching between capital and trading stock. But I do think even if you work full time, if you actually think you spend at least over thirty six hours or you know in this from Monday to Sunday per week, then I would really look on how advising clients that you can go on those rules and this is what will benefit you. But these are the processes and things you need to change if you're going to stay, you know, compliant in that manner. Um, So there's a lot more to do. And a lot of people think it's like share trading, yeah, buy, sell, this is the price difference. There's so much, you know, you can do. And, like, you need to stay up to date. So you need to look at the, like, for example, the initial airdrop allocation rules in Australia. And I think it's um, Britain too. I don't know if the U.S. has followed. But yeah, I, I think I touched base on it. But yeah, if you get an airdrop that you didn't really have to do anything for, and this is because of the ApeCoin, yeah? People got Ape, like, for example, someone I know got ApeCoin for $180,000. Six months later, it was worth 87000 The tax bill on that would wipe off all the money you ever had from ApeCoin. So there's a rule now that if you never previously traded in ApeCoin, it's not a taxable event. Yes, it's income because it makes logical sense that tokens receive its viewed as income, but it's you deduct it from your tax. So knowing all that stuff is crucial because, you know, if a crypto client comes to you, you need to service them properly. You need to lay it out for them. You need to de-risk them as much as possible. Um, and, yeah, like I said, on the business side, the rules completely changed. It's a bit more complex, but it's the same principles. It's just um, you need to go view it more from a startup consultant way because they're all, they are all startups. So even though some of them have been established, there's no – prior data on how to market how to do this how to do your books because it's such a new thing that you need to be a bit more open-minded and you need to be very cautious with a lot of web3 projects is you know it's it's just very risky um, you know for example like any any established business that considers exploring you know a function of the blockchain doesn't take them long because of the lack of guidance to say like oh I can't give an accurate picture. I can't, you know, transact in this space. If I do, I won't be able to give a f- true and fair representation of my accounts. And I'm a director of the business, so I'm responsible for for that, which puts me at risk. But at the other time, there's the cowboys in the sa- in the space that take the approach, well, you know, it, regulators, if you're not going to do anything or provide any guidance out there, I'm going to have to do my absolute best to, do, to to do the right thing with the information in front of me. And if you can't put any other guidance out there, then what can I do? I want to grow in this space. So there's those two mentalities going around. And i got to say, I agree a bit with the cowboy mentality because why stop trying to build in this space if the regulators are scratching their head? I just think that if you get a Web3 business client, you need to be focusing on de-risking as much as possible. And that's for individuals and businesses as well. But for your portfolio or your treasury, if you're holding something so volatile or you're not paying attention to potential tax that you have then you're just basically you know ruining it for yourself
4: thank you that was really yep, interesting
1: thanks I'll that you. tonight helps you on your journey
4: <sighs> oh yeah i mean um, um Ronnie, I- actually it we... does yeah go ahead go ahead no i was just wait, saying it is talk... um interesting yeah, <laughs> a bit of lag. You go. Well, wait hold on hold on okay no, what I was just saying was um, that's uh, an interesting take uh, to the journey in terms of practicing yourself and then seeing how that can apply to at least initially friends and family. And I guess the sort of same approach follows for uh, other legal or compliance or, you know, all these sort of, you know, boring services as as people look at it, um, sort of trying to do it yourself and then expanding it out and making
2: it a profession for yourself. Would you agree? yeah i agree and look it's, it's not an easy task it took me yeah, yeah. Uh, like eight months into it to get my like our ah moment where like oh, okay now i'm starting to figure it out properly um but like i said if you don't know it but you get the opportunity to do it just throw yourself in the deep end you'll figure it out at the end you'll realize it's the same accounting it's just a different way of thinking about it and once you figure that out and you have that open mind as in Yes, this can be inventory. This can be intangible. Uh, We can do this or, you know what, us wrapping this token, it's not a different token because at the end, we'd never use it to profit. We just did it so we can put collateral up. But that sort of second-guessing is important. But at the end of the day, you need that lawyer friend, and that's what I'm pushing. If you want to grow fast as an accountant, especially a tax accountant in Australia that specialises in crypto, you should be meeting a few tax lawyers that specialize in this place. You should be attending their seminars. Um, you'll be surprised how fast you grow. And I do encourage it because you would still be very early. It's surprising how many accountants shun the work from their clients or just do the biggest half-assed job. But they're not, what they're not going to realize is that at the end, they're not adding value to these clients. These clients will eventually leave when they figure it out. And you know, there's going to be that op- opportunity for you to absorb that clientele. Perfect, oh, thank, really thank you.
1: Um we talk a lot about stable coins. Um, I know that even NAB is talking about creating an, an Australian stable coin, AUDC, um, and a lot of people use think that they're using those stable coins to avoid tax but, uh my crypto in crypto and not in say fiat, I'm I'm safe. And I think you, you've already mentioned that you're probably not safe. Is is that correct, my my way of thinking?
2: Ah, uh, look, I think if one stable Australian coin uh, Australian digital dollar is backed by a real Australian fiat dollar, which pretty much is circle USDC strategy then I think it is a bit safer. But what we need to realise is that these regulators don't like that people are taking banking into their own hand. They can throw some regulations down that can have bad effect on these th- sort of things. And, you know, oh, look, I look, I'm a big holder of stablecoin, you know, so I do have to an extent trust it. And in terms of AU stablecoins, I don't know if any of you have heard of EtL, It's recently launched its AUD stablecoin. I just think the issue with the Australian stablecoin is that our banking system's not fractured. Like in the US, there's like 60, 70, even more hundreds of different banks. In Australia, there's that top four big banks, and then there's a couple of other ones. But the payment system in Australia is fine. What the stablecoin offers, though, is that cross-border payments. And, you know, retail FX trading is closed on the weekends. But if you have the Australian stablecoin, you could go ahead on the Saturday, Sunday and, you know, do some retail trading. Um, it does give you that option. I just think in terms of payment and stable coins, I think that Australia is far from adopting it, you know, because, like I said, our banking system's so good. But in terms of the Middle East and Africa, where it's becoming common now to buy your coffee with crypto. Whereas here I wouldn't buy coffee with crypto. There's no point in Australia. I've got my card on my phone, I've got my card in my wallet. Um, but in the Middle East and Africa, where it's like our dollars turn to crap, but hey, I've got some Australian dollar stablecoin or USDT or USDC on my wallet, you know, that's a lot safer for them. And that's where I think people need to realize that the mass adoption's happening in those countries where here we're having pretty we're pretty comfortable, you know. If I want to transfer funds to my friends, will happen instantly. Um, but if you want to do that in, for example, Lebanon, you know, the banks aren't even open. You can't get your money out. So this is where um, I think it differs a lot. And I think with stable coins I do see a big future. I think everyone pretty much maybe in the space is pretty certain that CBDCs will be a common thing soon. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. I'm really, yeah really watching out for uh, what we're going to be doing with our stable coins. Um, I think we've got enough time for at least one more, two more questions that we've got two hands up. Um, does anyone else have any other questions that they want to ask?
3: I mean, I'll, go, I'll let, I'll let uh, Rush and Everett go, then I've got a question mm. for myself at the end after.
1: We... Easy. We'll go in that order.
0: Uh, hi, guys. Hi, Ronnie.
3: Rushy! Hey, hey. hey
0: um um very interesting uh, space uh, i've got so many questions i'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions but i'll keep it short um you said about uh sometimes it's better to not do fifo <clears throat> can that be done uh, uh, in individual transactions or is that the method has to be for all of your transactions that's my first question
2: awesome question i can answer that quickly technically you can use the inventory method for each different asset so ethereum to bitcoin can have a different inventory method but you will not find a software that will allow you to do that it's a one for all for all the softwares i've only have ever had to do that for my clients a couple of times where they had such a big tax bill and it made logical sense to explore that option um, but it, it it is complex, but it's very doable. But please note that you also have the option to change inventory methods every financial year. If FIFO worked for you last year, HIFO might work for you better the following year. But if you're one of the people, listeners on this space, who's always been FIFO and the accountant just put it, the data and did a FIFO, I'd go on your calculator and just play with it around because you might be surprised, especially in the 2021-2022 financial years.
0: Yeah. I use crypto tax calculator as well, right? And last year on the bull, on the bull market when we were in the bull market, PIFO um, was the better option for me. But that's because I had to. It was for all my transactions. I couldn't choose individual, obviously. And that that's the reason I'm asking because if you can choose individual transactions, uh, then then it's a different story. Uh, now I had. Uh, uh, hard time this year doing my my taxes I do use the uh, crypto tax calculator but I had to reconcile like I don't know 300 400 transactions and I was like out of my mind it was very complicated and that's because I choose like it was kind of my mistake I choose to lose a, to use a lot of um, exchanges and a lot of um, you know lending and borrowing and and all that all those protocols um <clears throat> but i won't be doing that next year that's for sure but my question is right is it better for people like me let's say to just use um an accountant like yourself or anyone to do their taxes instead of going to the to websites like crypto tax calculator like how does that work actually um do you uh, do you expect your clients to bring you like a spreadsheet uh, with all the, the transactions or because what nah, so, I do is I, I download, sorry, I download the, the report from the crypto tax calculator and I send that to my accountant and then the number is there. Like it doesn't really have to do much. Right? So yeah, that's my question.
2: But that's why I think it's wrong because you giving him that paper and him accepting it and put it in without even looking at Oh, you got to that number is just, it doesn't sit well with me. I do recommend if this is something you're serious about and you actually want a proper plan strategy, then yes, you do need to speak to an accountant that knows how to do this. But the biggest issue is because it's, it, it is complicated, especially like you said, you know, you're putting up debt, borrowing debt and all that. And, you know, a lot of people play around with weird DeFi protocols and, you know, play around with NFTs with weird airdrops and, you know, stuff that aren't common You need to have that approach. So, for example, if you gave me all your data, it'd take a couple of hours for me to figure it out. But if I sat with you for a 15, 20-minute Zoom meeting and went through it together where you can point out that was borrowing, that was debt, then you can get it done a lot faster and cheaper. And then once that's done, at least, you know, we can explain to you how you got to that capital gain number. I hate now, you, you know, clients can give the work to the accountant and they don't actually explain to them how, you know, you got there and why you got there and what you can do better next time to avoid that. So, look, in life, if you want to be successful, unfortunately, you need a good accountant and lawyer because that is why most of the wealthiest people have complex offshore structure setups where, you know, you're paying, you're prob- you are know, there are people that make $40,000 a year and there's someone that makes a million dollars a year and the person who's making forty thousand a year is paying more tax than the person that's making a million a year. Um, and to get to that, you need that accountant. I'm not saying, and a lot of people get intimidated by counting. Oh, you know, my crypto's small. I can't really afford to do it. It's all right. You need to find an accountant who'll be like, okay, if this is all you can afford, I need you to do this stuff, and then I'll double check it and just change what I think is wrong. You know, you, you need to find that relationship. You need to build that with an accountant and a lawyer to, you know, just better yourself at the end of the day. Thank you, mate. mate. No worries, mate. Everett.
5: Hey there. Yeah. So I just had one more question. I wanted to get your opinion on what you think – regulations might look like when they do finally come into place like i know it's there's no exact good question but um you know there's a there's it's very complex because every everywhere in the world right now you know the economy is tanking and and crypto is a global economy it just kind of is it's 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 the most uh, versatile and the most available worldwide so it's just very hard for one country or even one set of rules to encompass everything
2: Yeah, look, I completely agree with you. Um, And I know that, you know, once accounting standards come for this space, they will be a bit uniform. Yeah, some individual countries will have little aspects that are different, but I think they all understand that this is something that, you know, they need to put their head together. And at the moment, there are brilliant minds sitting together trying to figure this out. Um, But at the end, the biggest challenge is education because most of these people trying to figure it out don't understand enough about these things i've been in this space for ages and i'm the first to put my hand up that i don't know everything and i don't know a lot of things you know if someone here started talking tech to me i'd just you know glaze my eyes not understanding um i just think you need to before worrying about the you know regulation because it's it's an impossible thing to answer it could be a year could be two years i think ftx lit a fire under there are so it may be in the next couple of years but In the meantime, you should just educate yourself, educate your team. You know, if you're interested in this, you need to go out there and learn it. It's an evolving industry that requires the people to go out there and understand, you know, that's what I've had to do. And, you know, meeting the right people help with that. Um, Yeah, it's a tough question because regulation so far, I've got I know a lot of people writing policy in the background and, the people that read the policy that have to vote on it don't understand it, Don't aren't really too excited to understand it at the same time. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a bit of a disaster. Look, I don't blame the regulators, but I honestly can't tell you my honest guess on when it will come out. You know, in the last how many years has crypto been out, there's a couple of binding things that they've released, which is, for example, Australia, they released recently that crypto is not a currency, like, you know, a foreign currency, which is like, you know, after all these years you did that, everyone already knew you guys were gonna do that. You know, it's it's just too slow, in my opinion. I'm sorry, yeah, I can't give you an answer.
5: No, no, I get it. I mean I think education is definitely what the is is the right way to go about it. But another thing is is you can't really educate someone until you make the rules. <laughs> so it's kind of a all at once.
2: Yeah, spot on. And that's why like for me de risking yourself is the best thing at the moment because, you know, what you say is true and it's sad that individuals and businesses are just like, is this right? Is this risky? Are they going to come after me in a while? Um, It it shouldn't be like that in this space. And unfortunately, look, I I know a lot of people suffered from FTX and it's really bad in Celsius and all that. But at the same time, I see it as a bit of a blessing because now they got no choice. At the end, who to blame is the government and the regulators for letting some moron like that ruin a lot of people's lives um so i think there's the up in it so i think that's the first step is you know once this regulation now they're forced to do it it'll just make this it'll just cement the crypto space and the adoption will increase a lot it's
5: one thing for sure it's going to take a long
2: time (laughs) spot on
5: it's not not going to happen at
1: once spot on Yeah, I think we're, we're going to have a lot of disagreements <laughs> coming up in the future, but that, that's fine because that's that's how you make new
2: policy. Yeah, I agree. And look, don't be disheartened by it. I just encourage people, keep growing like crazy in this space. Um, at the end, we're all still very early. And yes, if you're stressing out about something that you've done with crypto in terms of tax or legal, There's the right people out there that can ease your mind straight away and create a path for you. I know this sounds wrong, but because everything is so under-regulated, the lawyers and accountants have so much freedom to sort of get the people where they want to because not like normal stuff where we follow the rules word by word, this can be interpreted in many ways. So there is a bit of flexibility at the moment, but the issue is that Unfortunately, the tax office and, you know, the Securities Commission have enough power to just be like, no, we changed the rules and we backdated it for three years. Now everyone who falls under this is screwed, you know, and that's just the sad truth. Um, But that's why always have an exit plan, even as an individual investor, as a business, you should always plan. You know, I know you want to make this grow, but you should always plan what the worst case scenario is because, you know, you'll thank yourself later for that.
1: Yep, 100%. I think, Ruthie, you, you had another question?
3: Uh, I mean, like recently, Ronnie, one of the things that has been happening is that USD reached an all-time high of like 1.6 against, I think, one Australian dollar. Oh, no, no, 1.6 AED against one USD, right? Um yeah. And plenty of people were asking me, oh, I'm holding USDC and I should probably swap out to like an AED stable. Is there any that you recommend?
2: Uh, look, I, I do recommend Edel just because I know the team and I know 100% that it's backed by Dollar. Um, but at the start, I just got to remember that it is brand new. So there might be yeah. some issues, but um, I feel really safe about Australia. That's why i many teams are coming to Australia because the regulation is so strict here. You can feel a bit safer about it. Yeah.
3: yeah. Have you heard of AUDT?
2: Yeah, I have I have heard of it, but I haven't done any research on it. Any good? I've
3: got no idea. That's just the only one that came came up on my screen the other day. But I'll, I'll look into Edel.
2: Yeah, I think Edel is A-U-D-E. Um, and, yeah, they only recently launched. But remember, do your own due diligence on everything, yeah? Hmm. Well, sorry, wait, what was that? No, I said just make sure you do your due diligence. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Ruthie's a bit of a degen, but he'll do some <laughs> research this time. So I think I think uh, the main things I've gotten out of this is we, we've we all got skills. Some of us are builders. Some of us are traders. Some of us are mods, marketers, developers, and community managers, and Ruthie does whatever he does. But we need a, our support structure uh, at times, and... That can come in the form of an accountant or a lawyer that can really give us advice, uh, personal advice when we pay them and they understand us, what we do, and um, help us de-risk and help us understand, not drive with our eyes shut, not drive without a speedometer. So I, I really appreciate uh, Ronnie coming here and giving us his um his views on, on, on how it all works and, and, and where we might be going. And um, I'm sure he is very excited about the future as I am too. So thanks again. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank Especially thanks to uh, everyone that spoke. And um,
2: that's it. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Shout out yeah, to that- uh, Everett as well, who uh, made it through the Surgeons Discord. Welcome. You.
2: Beautiful. And guys, don't hesitate. You know, follow me, message me if you have any questions. I'm happy to help anyone in this space. Um, so, yeah, d- don't hesitate to reach out if you have any other questions.
1: Yeah, it's very easy going. I caught up, caught up, we caught up online and uh, had a chat before we met in real life. So, we, yeah, I really recommend that. So, Joe Nee is running a session now in the Discord, and he is going to be talking about why he's bullish about Bitcoin.
3: Boy. Um if, if you Make your judgment: Is he insane or not? That's uh, that's the topic. Is it insane to be bullish? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone, everyone that's anyone that's got access to the Discord, come and join. And um, that's it. Thank you, hundred percent. Thank you so much, Ronnie, for coming up, and thank you everyone for giving us your time today and listening and supporting the speakers here in the space. Plenty of events coming up this week. Uh, Make sure to keep an eye on Twitter and Discord. Twitter, turn your notifications on. We don't post too much every day. We only post like once every day or two days, so you won't get spammed. Um, Ronnie, you're a legend, mate. Everyone go to Ronnie's Twitter page and show him love as well.
1: Mm, 100%. Cheers for having me. Thanks, everyone.
3: Bye. Absolutely, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Catch you all in the uh, Discord. See you.